Good evening, dear listeners, and welcome to our special Christmas edition of the Midnight Tales podcast. Tonight, as the stars twinkle above and the world slows down in the embrace of the holiday season, we invite you to join us on a journey. A journey through a story you may think you know well, but tonight, it's a story with a twist, a classic reimagined for our time. Charles Dickens' The Christmas Carol has for generations been a beacon of hope, a reminder of the power of transformation and the enduring spirit of Christmas. But what if Ebenezer Scrooge lived in our world today? A world of technology, of data, of vast societal changes that Dickens could scarcely have imagined? Imagine a Scrooge of the modern age, a figure shaped by the complexities and challenges of our times. A man not just of ledgers and coins, but of algorithms and analytics. Picture the Cratchit family not just grappling with poverty, but with the intricacies of modern life, their struggles mirroring those faced by many in our world today. So, gather round as we unfold a tale that weaves the familiar with the new, a story that holds a mirror to our society, our values, and our hearts. As we embark on this journey, let's open our minds to the lessons it imparts, to the reflections it provokes, and to the spirit of Christmas that it celebrates. Join us as we revisit the cobblestone streets of a small town, meet its inhabitants, and walk alongside a man on the brink of a profound transformation. This is not just a tale of ghosts and redemption. It's a story about us, about our world, and about the hope that Christmas brings, even in the most unexpected of ways. So, without further ado, let's turn the page and begin our story. Welcome to A Christmas Reboot, The Tale of Ebenezer Scrooge. Sit back, relax, and let the magic of Christmas and all its old charm and new wonder unfold. In the northern reaches, where the winter sun hangs low and reluctant, lies the town of Marley's End. It's the kind of place where the wind carries more than just a chill. It whispers stories, old and new, of times better and worse. Economically, Marley's End is like a faded photograph of a once vibrant scene, its colors dulled by years of industrial decline and missed opportunities. The streets of Marley's End are lined with brick buildings, their facades weathered but dignified, like elders who have seen much and speak little. The town square, crowned by an old clock tower, still stands as a testament to better days, its hands moving with the quiet persistence of time that pays no mind to the fortunes of men. But for all its economic woes, Marley's End is not without its charms. In winter, Snow blankets the town like a forgiving shroud, smoothing edges and softening the harsh lines of neglect. Children's laughter rings out as they play in the snow, the joy untainted by the gray skies above. The local bakery, run by the O'Malley family for generations, still sends the aroma of fresh bread and pastries wafting through the streets each morning, a sensory promise that some things remain good and true. The townsfolk of Marley's End are a hardy bunch, their spirits not easily quenched by the cold winds of economic downturns. They greet each other with nods and smiles that speak of a shared resilience, a communal understanding that while times are tough, they are in it together. 
There's a sense of history here, of roots that run deep and hold firm even when storms rage. And yet, for all its quaint charm and enduring spirit, a shadow looms over Marley's End. At the edge of town stands a building, stark and imposing in its modernity. Scrooge Analytics reads the sign in bold, unfeeling letters. Here lies the town's paradox, a beacon of progress or a harbinger of its further decline, depending on who you ask. Inside, behind walls of glass and steel, sits Ebenezer Scrooge, the man who holds the town's fate in his data-driven hands. But that's a story for another chapter. For now, Marley's End slumbers under the winter sky, a town waiting, perhaps, for a miracle or a curse. The wind continues to whisper, and the clock tower ticks on, indifferent to the dramas of the living below. Chapter 1 The Eve of Change In the heart of Marley's End, amidst the snow-dusted cobblestones and festive decorations, stood Scrooge Analytics. Its sleek, modern facade, a stark contrast to the quaint charm of the town, loomed like a sentinel over the main street. Inside, the office was a study in efficiency and cold precision. Rows of desks with high-end computers lined the floor, each station a small island in a sea of data and digital progress. At the center of this technological dominion sat Ebenezer Scrooge, his sharp eyes flickering across multiple screens displaying graphs, numbers, and lines of code. His fingers danced across the keyboard with a rhythm that spoke of years of practice and a mind sharply tuned to the nuances of his business Scrooge Analytics wasn't just a company, it was the embodiment of Scrooge's philosophy. A belief in data over people. Profit over sentiment. It was Christmas Eve, but there was no sign of the holiday spirit within these walls. Employees worked in hushed tones, their eyes occasionally darting to the clock, counting down the minutes until they could escape to their families and festivities. Scrooge, however, harbored no such anticipation. To him, Christmas was a disruption, an unwelcome pause in the relentless pursuit of progress and profit. As the day wore on, a soft snow began to fall outside, casting a serene beauty over Marley's end. But within the confines of Scrooge Analytics, a storm of a different kind was brewing. Scrooge had discovered an anomaly. An employee using company time for personal matters. Cratchit! Scrooge's voice sliced through the quiet hum of the office, sharp and commanding. Bob Cratchit, a mild-mannered man in his mid-forties, looked up from his desk, his face a mask of apprehension. He was well aware of Scrooge's strict policies against personal use of company time and resources. Yes, Mr. Scrooge? Bob answered, standing and making his way to Scrooge's desk, his heart sinking. Scrooge turned his monitor to face Bob, displaying a log of phone calls made from his desk phone. Explain this, Scrooge demanded, his finger stabbing at a record of a call made earlier that day. Bob swallowed, his mind racing. That was a call to the doctor, sir. My son, Tim, 
He's not been well, and I need it too. Personal calls on company time, Cratchit. Scrooge cut him off, his voice icy. You know the rules. You're a good worker, but I cannot tolerate this breach of protocol. Bob's face paled. Please, Mr. Scrooge, it was an emergency. It won't happen again. Scrooge leaned back in his chair, his gaze unwavering. I'm sorry, Cratchit, but I must set an example. Rules are the bedrock of efficiency. You're dismissed. Clear out your desk. Bob stood there, aghast, the weight of the situation crashing down on him. To lose his job on Christmas Eve, with a sick child at home, was more than just a blow. It was a catastrophe. As Bob Cratchit, shoulders slumped and spirit crushed, made his way back to his desk, a heavy silence had fallen over the office of Scrooge Analytics. The other employees, who had been surreptitiously observing the exchange, quickly diverted their eyes, a mix of sympathy and self-preservation evident in their expressions. The firing had sent a ripple of unease through the room, a tangible reminder of the precarious nature of their employment under Ebenezer Scrooge's austere regime. In that charged atmosphere, Scrooge, sensing an opportunity to reinforce his message, cleared his throat and stood up. His eyes, cold and calculating, scanned the room as the employees reluctantly turned their attention towards him. This was a moment he relished. The chance to assert his authority and remind everyone of the iron grip he held over their livelihoods. With the stage set, Scrooge began to address his staff, his voice cutting through the tension-filled room. It was in these moments that he delivered his doctrine of relentless pursuit of profit and efficiency, a doctrine that left little room for the warmth and compassion of the holiday season. As the employees of Scrooge Analytics gathered, a sense of foreboding filled the air. They knew that their employer, Ebenezer Scrooge, was not one for festive celebrations or heartwarming speeches. The man who stood before them was a stark embodiment of the company's rigorous, profit-driven ethos. Ladies and gentlemen, Scrooge began, his voice devoid of any trace of holiday cheer. As the year comes to a close, I find it necessary to remind you all of the primary objective of this company, profit. This is not a time for frivolity or distraction. It is a time to reflect on our performance and prepare for the challenges ahead. There was a palpable shift in the room as Scrooge continued, his words sharp and unyielding. I've reviewed the year-end reports, and while we've seen some growth, it is not enough. The bottom line is what drives us, and in this regard, we have much to improve. The staff exchanged uneasy glances, the festive air rapidly deflating under the weight of Scrooge's words. Some of you may be aware of the rumors regarding potential staff cuts. Scrooge went on, his gaze sweeping across the room. Let me be clear, efficiency and productivity are paramount. Those who cannot meet our standards will find themselves without a place in this company. A murmur of discomfort rippled through the employees. Scrooge's reputation for ruthless layoffs was well known, a shadow that loomed over every end-of-year gathering. 
I expect each of you to return after the holidays with a renewed commitment to your work. The new year will see us implementing stricter performance metrics. I believe in meritocracy, and as such, rewards will be solely based on individual achievements and contributions to our financial goals. The room was silent, the spirit of Christmas seemingly banished by the cold reality of Scrooge's words. As for the holiday break, Scrooge concluded, Use this time not for idle celebration, but for contemplation on how you can better contribute to the success of Scrooge Analytics. Remember, the future of this company and your place in it rests on our financial performance. Happy Holidays. With that, Scrooge turned on his heel and left the room, leaving behind a trail of anxiety and disillusionment. The employees slowly dispersed, the joy of the season overshadowed by the looming threat of the new year. Meanwhile, Scrooge turned back to his screens, his face impassive. The snow continued to fall outside, but within the walls of Scrooge Analytics, the chill was of a different, far colder sort. The clock in the town square struck six, its chimes a solemn reminder of the passing time, as one man's life took a turn for the worse, and another remained oblivious to the spirit of the season. As the clock continued its inexorable march, the office of Scrooge Analytics began to empty. One by one, the employees, relieved yet somber, collected their belongings and slipped out into the snowy evening, leaving behind the cold glow of computer screens. Bob Cratchit, his face a canvas of despair, gathered his few personal items in a small, worn box. His hands trembled slightly as he placed a framed photograph of his family, including little Tim, into the box. The silence in the office was now complete, save for the soft tapping of Scrooge's keyboard. He seemed almost a part of the machinery around him, an extension of the cold, unfeeling technology he so revered. The festive lights from the street outside cast a warm glow through the windows, but they seemed unable to penetrate the frosty interior of Scrooge's domain. Just as Bob reached the door, Scrooge's voice, devoid of warmth, cut through the silence. Cratchit, remember to hand in your ID badge. Bob nodded, wordlessly handing over the badge, a final severing of his ties to the company. As he stepped out into the snowy night, the warmth of the Christmas lights and the sounds of distant carolers felt jarringly out of place. Back in his office, Scrooge finally leaned back in his chair, allowing himself a moment of quiet reflection. His mind, however, remained as rigid and unyielding as ever. He had made his decision based on principle, and Ebenezer Scrooge was not a man to second-guess his principles. The office phone rang, piercing the silence. Scrooge answered it with his usual brusqueness. It was his nephew, Fred, cheerful and full of Christmas spirit. Uncle, happy Christmas Eve. Will you join us for dinner tomorrow? We'd love to have you. Scrooge's response was curt and dismissive. Nonsense, Fred. Christmas is a waste of time and money. I have more important things to do. Fred's voice, warm and full of familial affection, came through the line. Oh, come on, uncle. Don't be like that. It's Christmas. 
A time for family, for joy, for... Enough. Scrooge snapped. I will not partake in this foolishness. Good night, Fred. He hung up the phone with a click, shaking his head in irritation. The office was now in darkness, save for the faint glow of Scrooge's desk lamp. He stood up, his shadow long and gaunt in the dim light, and prepared to leave. As he donned his coat, his mind was already on tomorrow's work, the figures and data that awaited him. Stepping out into the cold, Scrooge was greeted by the beauty of the snow-covered town, but his heart remained untouched by the scene. He walked through the quiet streets, passing families in their homes, gathered around their Christmas trees, their laughter and merriment seeping out into the night. But Ebenezer Scrooge was alone, his thoughts occupied not with visions of sugar plums or Christmas cheer, but with balance sheets and profit margins. As he made his way home, the weight of his solitude was a familiar burden, one he had long since accepted as the price of his success. Marley's End, with its festive spirit, seemed almost like a world apart, a stark contrast to the solitary path Scrooge had chosen. And as the snow continued to fall, blanketing the town in its quiet embrace, the stage was set for the extraordinary events that were to unfold, events that would shake the very foundations of Ebenezer Scrooge's world. Chapter 2 Ghost of Christmas Past the clock struck midnight as Ebenezer Scrooge arrived at his austere home, a mansion as cold and unwelcoming as its owner. The house, devoid of any Christmas decorations, stood in stark contrast to the festive homes around it. Scrooge, indifferent to the holiday spirit, prepared for bed, his mind still churning with thoughts of profit margins and stock values. As he settled into his bed, the room chilled, and a strange, ethereal light began to fill the space. Scrooge sat up, startled, as before him materialized a ghostly figure, draped in a shimmering garment that seemed woven from memories and time itself. I am the ghost of Christmas past. The spirit announced, its voice echoing with a haunting cadence. Scrooge, ever the skeptic, snorted derisively. Nonsense! You're some sort of hallucination, a trick of the light, or a figment of my imagination. Your disbelief does not unmake me. The ghost replied calmly. Come, Ebenezer Scrooge. You must see what I have to show you. Reluctantly, driven by a mix of curiosity and disbelief, Scrooge followed the spirit. They passed through the walls of his home and found themselves transported to a scene from his childhood. The ghost led him to a schoolyard where a young Ebenezer sat alone, distant from the other children who played and laughed together. Scrooge watched, his adult face hardening. I preferred my own company, he said defensively. Children are noisy and disruptive. I had more important things to do. But the scene shifted, revealing a warm, inviting home. Here, young Ebenezer was greeted by his sister, a girl of bright eyes and boundless affection. Ebby! She exclaimed, embracing him. Her love for him was palpable, a stark contrast to the isolation he felt at school. 
Scrooge, watching this display of familial warmth, felt an unfamiliar tightening in his chest. Yes, she loved me. He admitted grudgingly. But what of it? She's gone now. Love is transient. The spirit regarded him with a somber gaze. You are not always so dismissive of love, Ebenezer. You once knew its value. Scrooge turned away, uncomfortable with the emotions these scenes stirred within him. The ghost, unrelenting, whisked him away to another memory, a Christmas dinner at his home. The atmosphere was filled with laughter and the warmth of a family gathered together. Young Ebenezer, his face lit with a rare smile, was in the midst of it all, momentarily free from the loneliness that plagued his school days. But the adult Scrooge looked on with a sneer. Foolish sentimentality, he muttered. It did not last. It never does. As the scenes of his past unfolded, Scrooge's facade of indifference began to crack. The memories, long buried under years of bitterness and avarice, reminded him of a time when he was not so alone, not so cold. Yet, his heart was not yet ready to accept these truths. With each memory, he retreated further into his shell of skepticism and aggression, dismissing the ghost's revelations as mere trickery. But the ghost of Christmas past was not deterred. It had more to show Ebenezer Scrooge, more to remind him of the path he had once walked, a path that led away from love and warmth into the solitary darkness he now inhabited. As dawn approached, the spirit's time grew short. Reflect on these memories, Ebenezer Scrooge. It implored, for they hold the key to understanding the man you have become. And with that, the ghost faded away, leaving Scrooge alone in his room, surrounded by the echoes of a past he had long chosen to forget. Ebenezer Scrooge sat alone in the dim light of his room, the visitation of the ghost of Christmas past still vivid in his mind. He paced slowly, his footsteps echoing softly on the hardwood floor. His thoughts were a whirlpool, swirling with the images and emotions unearthed by the ghost's revelations. Positive change in bettering the world. He muttered to himself, recalling the motto emblazoned across the lobby of Scrooge Analytics. Isn't that what I'm doing? How can I be the villain in this narrative? He paused, looking out the window at the snow gently falling on Marley's end. The motto, he remembered, was more a marketing strategy than a mission statement, crafted to appeal to a generation increasingly concerned with corporate ethics and social responsibility. But the words had a nice ring to them, didn't they? And what about our ESG goals? Scrooge continued, his voice taking on a defensive tone. Environmental, social, and governance, we've covered all the bases. Every employee trained, every box ticked. He conveniently glossed over the fact that this initiative had been more about appeasing investors than genuine corporate responsibility. Surely, that counts for something. Walking back to his desk, Scrooge picked up a framed photograph of the company's executive team, all smiles at a recent conference on sustainability. Look at that, he said to the empty room.
a picture of modern, responsible leadership. Yet, as he set the photo back down, a flicker of doubt crept in. The ghost's journey had unsettled him more than he cared to admit. The images of his lonely childhood, his sister's unconditional love, moments of genuine happiness now long gone, they haunted him. Memories. He scoffed, trying to regain his composure. What do they matter against the realities of business and progress? I've built something here. I've risen above sentiment and frivolity to create an empire. But the echo of the ghost's words lingered in his mind, challenging his justifications, peeling away the layers of rationalization he had built over the years. Am I really bettering the world? He asked himself, a rare moment of introspection breaking through his usual self-assuredness. Or am I merely bettering my world? The room was silent, save for the ticking clock and Scrooge's labored breaths. The weight of these questions hung heavily in the air, unanswered, as the ghostly visitations had cracked the facade of a man who had prided himself on unyielding resolve and rationality. And as the night deepened, and the time for the next spirit's arrival drew near, Ebenezer Scrooge found himself facing a discomforting truth that the journey of self-revelation was far from over, and that the hardest questions were yet to be asked. Chapter 3 Ghost of Christmas Present As the first light of Christmas morning filtered through his curtains, Ebenezer Scrooge remained awake, his mind churning with the unsettling memories the first ghost had stirred. He scoffed at the sentimentality of it all, reinforcing his walls of cynicism. Suddenly, the room was filled with a warm, radiant light, and there appeared before him a second spectral figure. This ghost, robust and jolly, with a hearty laugh and eyes that sparkled with merriment, was the very embodiment of Christmas spirit. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Boomed the spirit, its voice rich and welcoming. Come and see what you must. Scrooge, still skeptical but less dismissive, followed the ghost. They emerged not in a place from the past, but in the here and now, the town of Marley's End on Christmas Day. Their first stop was the humble home of Bob Cratchit. The family, though living in modest means, radiated a warmth and love that filled their small dwelling. The Cratchits were making the best of their Christmas, despite the meager feast and the shadow of worry that hung over them due to Tiny Tim's illness. Scrooge watched, his face a mask of disapproval. It's their own doing, he muttered. If Cratchit had any sense, he'd have saved more, invested wisely. It's not my responsibility to care for his family. He should have thought about potential medical expenses. The ghost listened, then spoke with a voice both kind and rebuking. They do their best with what they have, Ebenezer. It is not a lack of wisdom, but a lack of means. You, who control so much could ease their burden with but a small portion of your wealth. Scrooge bristled at the suggestion. I earn my wealth. He retorted. Why should I subsidize the poor choices or misfortunes of others? This is the problem with society today, always looking for handouts instead of working to better their situation. Personal responsibility, that's what's needed, not charity. 
the spirit then took Scrooge to various parts of the town. They saw others celebrating Christmas in their own ways, some in joy and some in want. The disparities were stark, and yet the spirit of the season touched each scene. As they traveled, the ghost offered a commentary that contrasted sharply with Scrooge's views. You see, Ebenezer, while you advocate for personal responsibility, there are forces that play beyond the control of individuals. Systems and structures that favor some and disadvantage others. Your wealth gives you power and responsibility over those less fortunate. Scrooge scoffed at the idea. Responsibility to whom? I built my business, my wealth, on my own. Why should I be penalized for my success? The market dictates our fates. It should not be tampered with. Let each man make his own way without interference. The ghost sighed deeply, a sound that seemed to carry the weight of unheeded wisdom. There is more to life than wealth and market forces, Ebenezer. There is humanity, compassion, and community. These two have value beyond what can be measured in coin. Their journey ended back at Scrooge's home, the morning light growing brighter. The ghost of Christmas present faded, leaving Scrooge alone with his thoughts, thoughts that were now a tumult of old beliefs and new revelations. As Scrooge pondered the spirit's words, the realization that another, more ominous visitation awaited him began to dawn. The room grew colder, the light dimmer, as the final ghost, the ghost of Christmas yet to come, prepared to make its presence known. Chapter 4, Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come In the dwindling light of Christmas morning, a palpable sense of dread filled Ebenezer Scrooge's room. The air turned icy, and a shadow loomed, coalescing into the form of the final ghost. This spirit, the ghost of Christmas yet to come, was the most terrifying of all, a silent, shrouded figure pointing a skeletal finger towards the future. Scrooge, though visibly shaken by its ghastly appearance, met the ghost with a defiant sneer. Well, show me what you must. He said, his voice quivering despite his bravado. Without a word, the ghost led him into a future unrecognizable and bleak. Marley's end had transformed into a place where technology and surveillance reigned supreme. Cameras were hidden in every nook, and the residents moved with a wariness, constantly looking over their shoulders, a deep sense of mistrust and fear hanging in the air. They first arrived at the Cratchit house, now shrouded in sorrow. Inside, the family mourned the loss of Tiny Tim, whose illness had claimed his life. The lack of adequate health care and support in this dystopian society was painfully evident. Scrooge, witnessing this scene, felt an unfamiliar lump in his throat. The boy. He deserved better. He muttered, the first crack in his hardened exterior beginning to show. The spirit then guided Scrooge through the streets of the town. Everywhere he looked, he saw the consequences of his relentless pursuit of surveillance and profit. The community that once thrived was now disjointed and cold, its spirit broken under the weight of constant monitoring and privacy invasion. Finally, they arrived at a neglected, overgrown cemetery. There, Scrooge was confronted with a grave, his own, the stone vandalized with graffiti. 
Angry messages covered it, blaming him for the town's dystopian state. Scrooge the Watcher, prophet over people, the eye that never sleeps. Scrooge recoiled in horror, his heart racing. The reality of his own mortality, coupled with the disdain and anger his legacy had wrought, struck him with a force he had never known. Is this what awaits me? Scrooge whispered, his usual confidence reduced to a frightened stammer. A legacy of hate, a life spent in pursuit of, of what? Money? Control? The ghost, silent as ever, pointed towards the horizon where the sun was setting on this bleak future, its final rays like the last gasp of hope fading away. Scrooge fell to his knees, the full weight of his choices crashing down upon him. He had seen the love and warmth he had forsaken, the joy and community he had scorned, and now the dark culmination of his life's work. Please! He begged the spirit. Tell me this can yet be changed. Tell me I can alter this path. The ghost of Christmas yet to come, its message delivered, began to dissolve into the encroaching darkness, leaving Scrooge alone in the grip of his newfound terror and realization. As the spirit vanished, Scrooge was abruptly pulled back into the present, finding himself once again in his cold, lonely bed. The room was quiet, but for Scrooge, the echoes of what he had witnessed reverberated loudly in his mind and soul. The first light of Christmas Day was breaking, a new day, a chance for change. And for Ebenezer Scrooge, a man shaken to his core, it was the beginning of a journey towards redemption, towards becoming a man who could be remembered not for a legacy of exploitation and greed, but for compassion and a commitment to the betterment of his community and the people within it. Chapter 5, Transformation the first rays of Christmas morning light streamed through the curtains, awakening Ebenezer Scrooge from a night of harrowing revelations. He sat up, a man transformed, the remnants of his old self shattered by the visions of what had been, what was, and what could be. Scrooge's heart, long hardened by greed and solitude, now beat with a new rhythm, one of remorse and determination. He realized, with a clarity that was almost painful, the magnitude of his misdeeds and the potential for redemption. His first act was to right the wrong he had so recently committed. With a heart full of mixed emotions, Scrooge made his way to the modest dwelling of Bob Cratchit. As he approached the door, a wave of nervousness, a feeling he had not experienced in years, washed over him. Bob, upon seeing his former employer on his doorstep on Christmas Day, greeted him with a guarded wariness. There was an awkward pause as the two men stood, the weight of their past interactions hanging heavily between them. Scrooge cleared his throat, his voice softer than Bob had ever heard. Bob, I... I've come to apologize. I was wrong to dismiss you as I did. Your job is waiting for you with a raise. It's the least I can do. Bob, his expression a mix of surprise and skepticism, eyed Scrooge cautiously. Mr. Scrooge, this is unexpected. Why the change of heart? Scrooge looked down, his usual confidence faltering. I've had a revelation of sorts. I've come to realize that there's more to life than profits and efficiency. 
I've been blind, Bob, to the struggles of others, to your struggles. Bob's expression softened, a testament to his kind nature. Well, Mr. Scrooge, everyone deserves a chance at redemption. I accept your apology. And thank you for the job. It means more than you know. Encouraged by Bob's response, Scrooge reached into his coat and produced a small, neatly wrapped package. And this for Tiny Tim, he said, handing it over. I would also like to cover any medical expenses for his treatment. He deserves every chance at a healthy life. The Cratchit home, which had been filled with a subdued Christmas spirit, suddenly brightened with a spark of hope. Mrs. Cratchit, overhearing the conversation, joined them at the door, her eyes widening with surprise and gratitude. Mr. Scrooge, this is... We don't know what to say. She stammered, tears glistening in her eyes. Just say you'll let me help. Scrooge replied, a warmth in his voice that felt foreign yet right. The joy and relief that flooded the Cratchit home were palpable. Tears, laughter, and heartfelt thanks were exchanged. Scrooge, standing on the threshold of the Cratchit home, felt for the first time in many years a true connection, a sense of belonging to something greater than himself. A community, a family. As he bid them goodbye and stepped back into the brisk Christmas air, Ebenezer Scrooge felt a lightness in his step, a warmth in his heart. He had begun his journey towards redemption, one small act of kindness at a time. Emboldened by these first steps, Scrooge returned to his office, not to work, but to make a declaration that would set a new course for Scrooge analytics. He called a press conference, a rare event that drew the attention of the entire town. Standing before the assembled crowd, Scrooge publicly announced a profound change in his business practices. Effective immediately, Scrooge Analytics will focus on ethical data use and the right to privacy. We will no longer engage in practices that invade personal lives. Furthermore, a significant portion of our profits will be reinvested in the local community, supporting health care, education, and the welfare of Marley's End. The crowd was stunned. Whispers turned to murmurs and then to cheers. The man who had been the symbol of cold capitalism was now pledging to become a steward of the community. As the day wore on, Scrooge's newfound perspective on life compelled him to make amends in more personal aspects of his life. He remembered his nephew Fred, who had extended a warm invitation to Christmas dinner, an invitation he had curtly dismissed. Determined to rectify this oversight, Scrooge made his way to Fred's house, his heart pounding with a mix of apprehension and hope. Upon reaching Fred's home, Scrooge hesitated at the door, his hand hovering over the knocker. Years of self-imposed isolation had made him a stranger to his own family. Taking a deep breath, he knocked. Fred opened the door, his expression one of utter surprise. Uncle, you're here. I can't believe it. He exclaimed, a genuine smile spreading across his face. Scrooge, feeling somewhat out of place yet earnest, managed a small, awkward smile. Yes, Fred, I... 
I've thought about your invitation. I've been a fool about many things, including family. May I join you? Fred, though visibly excited, couldn't help but express his skepticism. This is a surprise, Uncle. I've invited you every year without fail, and you've never shown. What's changed? Or is this some clever publicity stunt for Scrooge Analytics? The word stung, but Scrooge knew they were fair. For a fleeting moment, his old self surfaced, the thought that this indeed could be a brilliant move for his public image. But he quickly brushed it aside, focusing instead on the family before him. No, Fred. No stunts. I've... I've had a change of heart. Scrooge replied, his voice tinged with sincerity. I want to be part of the family again, to be someone you can be proud of. Fred steadied his uncle for a moment, then broke into a smile, clapping Scrooge on the shoulder. Well then, come in, uncle. You're just in time for dinner. As Scrooge entered, he was greeted by the warmth of a family home filled with laughter, conversation, and the delicious aroma of Christmas dinner. He found himself drawn into the lively atmosphere, a stark contrast to the solitude of his usual Christmas evenings. Sitting at the dinner table, surrounded by Fred's family, Scrooge found himself genuinely interested in their lives. He asked questions, listened attentively, and, for the first time in many years, engaged in heartfelt conversation without any ulterior motive. Fred's family, initially cautious, gradually warmed up to Scrooge, touched by his genuine interest and the changes they saw in him. The evening passed with a newfound sense of camaraderie and understanding, healing old wounds and bridging long-standing gaps. As the night drew to a close, Scrooge felt a sense of belonging, a connection to family that he had long neglected. The visit to Fred's home became more than just a gesture of reconciliation. It was a pivotal step in Scrooge's journey of transformation. Leaving Fred's house with a promise to return soon, Scrooge walked back home under the starlit sky, filled with a sense of peace and hope. This Christmas had marked the beginning of a new chapter in his life, one filled with family, community, and a heart open to the joys of giving and sharing. As night fell on Christmas Day, Ebenezer Scrooge stood outside, looking up at the starry sky. He felt small but connected, a part of something vast and beautiful. The journey ahead would not be easy, he knew. There were amends to be made, trust to be earned, and a new path to forge. But as he looked back at the town, now glowing with festive lights and the warmth of shared humanity, he knew one thing for certain, he was no longer the man he had been. He was Ebenezer Scrooge, reborn on Christmas Day, a man with a heart full of hope, ready to write a new chapter, not just in his own story, but in the story of Marley's End. As our story of Ebenezer Scrooge and the town of Marley's End comes to a close, we find ourselves lingering in the warmth of a tale that, though familiar, never ceases to stir the heart. This Christmas, as we gather with family, friends, or perhaps spend a quiet evening alone, let's take a moment to reflect on the journey we've shared. 
In every one of us, there's a bit of Scrooge, a part that looks at the world with skepticism that guards our hearts against the cold winds of reality. But, dear listeners, there's also a part of us that yearns for connection, for the warmth that comes from being part of a community, a family, a circle of friends. Christmas, in its timeless magic, invites us to look beyond the tinsel and the lights to the very heart of what it means to be human. It's a time to question, not just the way things are, but the way things could be. To ponder not just the gifts we give, but also the love, compassion, and understanding we share. As we turn our thoughts to those around us, let's also spare a thought for the cratchits of our world. For those who face each day with courage and hope, even when the odds seem stacked against them. In their stories, we're reminded of the resilience of the human spirit, of the joy that can be found in the simplest of pleasures, and the strength that comes from being loved and cared for. And for those who see themselves in Scrooge, it's never too late. Change, as daunting as it may seem, begins with a single step. A step towards understanding, towards empathy, towards opening our hearts to the possibilities of what we can do for others, not just ourselves. So, as the snow falls gently outside, as we gather around our tables or cozy up by the fire, let's embrace the true spirit of Christmas. A spirit of giving, not just of gifts, but of ourselves. A spirit of love that reaches out to those in need, that sees beyond the walls we build to the hopes and dreams we all share. This Christmas, let's challenge ourselves to be a little kinder, a little more understanding, a little more like the person we hope to be. For in each act of kindness, in every gesture of love, we weave the fabric of a society that's warmer, more inclusive, and more compassionate. From all of us here at Midnight Tales, to all of you listening, wherever you may be, we wish you a Merry Christmas. May your holiday be filled with joy, your hearts with love, and your lives with the laughter of those you hold dear. Merry Christmas, everyone. And may the spirit of this season light your way, not just today, but every day. <laughs>